Today on Locked On AIDS, we're talking about the A's recent releases of Jed Lowry, Stephen Piscotty, and Elvis Andrews. And I'm going to be asking the question, does this hurt the A's in the eyes of their fans? That's what we're going to be answering today on Locked On A's. And then also, hey, is Stephen Vote next? We're going to be answering all these questions today. So let's get into it, you guys. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, Ace fans, and welcome to episode 441 of the Locked On Ace Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we're going over some of the, the weird news that's been coming out of Oakland with all these recent releases, and whether or not it is hurting the fan base and making them less likely to tune into an A's game the rest of this season. And then we're going to be asking, uh, hey, is Steven Vogt next? And then I, I got some thoughts on uh, yay and nay, so you can make up your your mind from there. But we'll, we'll go into it in the third segment there. But uh, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You can follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please just join our Twitter community, make a friend, have some fun, pose a question, have a good time. That's all we ask you to do. Uh, but yeah, let's get into today's episode. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the releases because in the past week, the A's have released Jed Lowry, Stephen Biscotti, and Elvis Andrews, three very veteran players that were on this roster. Stephen Boat is the only guy with a bunch of service time left. Uh, so begs the question, is he next? But uh, Lowry has been with the A's through the good times and the bad over the course of like the last decade, so that one hurt a little bit. I, I know that he loves Rush, and that's great. They have so many other songs, though, Jed, so from that regard, uh, he, it's not going to be driving me insane to be hearing uh, his walk-up song anymore, so that's nice. But... I am going to miss Jed Lowry. He was a, a great, great time and provided lots of great memories in the green and gold, mostly because he was healthy while he was in the green and gold. But, uh, you know, A's fans really enjoyed the crap out of Jed Lowry. And Stephen Biscotti had a monster year in 2018 after coming over with the, the trade with the Cardinals. Uh, we grew connected to him and his family and his story because of his mother's illness, which is why he was traded from the Cardinals back home to the Oakland days. So he could be closer to her in her final days. And uh, he had that wonderful home run in Boston when he returned from the bereavement list. And, you know, it, it was just a great story. And you never wanted to be like, yeah, the A should release Stephen Biscotti because that story is powerful and meaningful. And he meant something to A's fans. Was he having a great season this year? No. He'd been fighting injuries for the last, what, three years? He hadn't been the 2018 version of himself since 2018, and I don't think that any of us expected that. But still, it hurts to lose a Stephen Piscotti for a regular fan, uh, uh, somebody who's watching to be like, hey, I know some of these guys. Um, Stephen Piscotti is one of the guys that they would know. The A's have a lot more young, youthful players now, and I'm going to be asking in the second segment, does that help or hurt them? So... We'll, we'll find out. But Elvis Andrews, uh, his, his tenure with the A's was more of a mixed bag. He 
was brought in as a cheap replacement on the downside of his career to replace Marcus Semien, uh, a fan favorite from the A's most recent line of success. And uh, the deck was stacked against Elvis Andrews from the start because he was replacing Marcus Semien. And uh, he wasn't, like, great anymore. He, he was never great. He wasn't, like, the player that he was. You, you could kind of hope that he would be, but he wasn't anymore. And he showed that to us over the last uh, couple of seasons. But uh, there's a lot of love there with Elvis Andrews, too, because the way that he played the game, he, he was he was who he was on the field. But he was also a guy that just uh, seemed like a great clubhouse guy, always had a smile on his face. You love to see that. He looked like a great teammate and a great person to have in that in the locker room so or in the clubhouse. This is baseball. Um, so... That kind of stinks to have those three guys and what they have meant to the A's in their tenure with the A's for varying degrees of, you know, length and whatnot. But it stinks. So as an A's fan, that stinks. But from a competitive standpoint, they also kind of make sense. Um, None of the releases are easy for A's fans in general. But there is an open question that I do not have an answer to here. And were the A's smart to make these moves? There's a lot at stake with the A's right now. Obviously, they're trying to build a new stadium and all that stuff and trying to get you know fan support and public support and all that stuff. But uh, I, I don't know that this is going to be helping them because it looks like a cost-cutting move, which you know it is certainly to a degree, I, or at least mostly. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much the finances of these played into because they already paid them for four of the six months. So they're saving on the margins, which is, I guess, how you make money. Uh, but... It's interesting. Um, earlier in the season, I tweeted out that the A's should just release Lowry and vote since their numbers weren't there and then that they could just clear some room for the younger guys and see, you know, who's working. And so that's kind of what they're doing now a couple months later. But um, I, I've softened a little bit on that stance because from a competitive standpoint, these releases don't really have much of an impact. You could argue that the A's will be better off in the short and the long term by giving this playing time to Nick Allen and Cal Stevenson and potentially even David McKinnon, who made his uh, his debut with the Oakland A's on uh, Wednesday's game. But uh, from a numbers perspective, if ownership is okay with eating what's left of these contracts, then I guess it's a fine move from their perspective because they still have to eat the money, which is strange. It's not like they're saving that money they're just eating it to allow the team to maybe be more competitive at i don't know it's weird but the real question here is whether these moves are detrimental to the fan base uh i'm gonna i'm gonna get lay out both sides here so we're gonna get into that here but first you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. 
Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On Aids on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community. It's just that little button on your phone. It says Twitter community. You type in Locked On Aids. There we are. Boom. And you can uh, make some friends that are A's fans and uh, are very, very nice people. So there you go. But uh, the question at large is whether the A's fans that have been tuning in all season given everything that's already happened whether the the people that are already with the team is are they going to keep tuning into the team the rest of the season because uh now they've traded you know Olsen Chapman Bassett Manaya, uh Montas they've traded all of those guys and then let let go of Jed Lowry and Stephen Biscotti and Elvis Andrews is that enough to keep people coming or is it going to be uh you know the, the next group of guys are up now. So let's see what the next crop of A's contending teams could look like or uh, make some scouting hot takes on some guys like, hey, Cal Stevenson, he's going to be an MVP someday. Or Shea Langoliers is the business is something that the kids might say. I don't know. Um, yeah, is that going to be the case or are people just going to not even pay attention and then just replug in maybe during spring training or is this the last draw? There's a lot of last draws for a lot of people and I don't know. Uh, I, I assume that you know this is probably the last draw for some people. I don't know if it's the last draw for everybody. It feels like people have still been tuning in based off of Twitter interactions with Shay Langoliers coming up, but I, I, I am not sure, honestly. So on the one hand, uh, the main names on this team have all been moved, aside from Sean Murphy and Ramon Laureano. So those are the two guys, and Seth Brown to a degree, but I think that he's still kind of like an under-the-radar guy, even within the fan base. But, uh, you know, Ramon Laureano is on the injured list right now, so uh, Murphy is the guy, and he had a great series in Texas. He had three home runs and a bunch of RBIs. He owns that, that, uh, that ballpark, so good for him. But his re- presumed replacement is also in the big leagues right now, so... Do the Murphy and Laureano stands have a reason to tune in? I mean, I don't think that everybody tunes in to root solely for the the purpose of the A's winning. They they, they like players, and I I tune in mostly for the team in general because I've been conditioned to at this point. But uh, there are definitely people who pick their favorite players and want their favorite players to do well. I usually try and you know shotgun approach it where I'm like, hey, I want these four guys to do something that shows me something. And, uh, you know, I, I do a scattershot kind of thing. And uh, that's how I watch baseball games because I'm weird. Um, but, you know, ownership has done a number on fans. And these releases on top of the trades this before the season and also during the season and for the last couple of decades may have been too much for a lot of people. And fans may be done tuning in nightly. But are they going to come back next season or not? Uh, have they already? Are the fans that were going to leave have they already left? And this these releases didn't mean anything. I have no idea. I don't know what this means for the future of the fan base by by any means. But the counter argument here is that there's now more room on the roster for guys looking to be a part of the next A's run currently on the A's squad. Uh, one of the eight's top prospects, Jay Langoliers, who's having a, a banger of a debut so far. Bangaliers is uh, what we're going to be calling them. Uh, somebody said, keep that nickname, so I think I have to by Twitter law. So, Shea Bangaliers, there we go. Uh, he's up. J.P. Sears, who the A's got in the Frankie Montas deal, he's up and he's dealing through two starts. Uh, <laughs> side note, he has a win with his new team, Frankie Montas, uh, currently getting shelled by the Blue Jays. Uh, 
is doesn't. So the A's won that trade, I guess. Uh, also, I, I wish the best for Frankie Montas, but he has like an 11 ERA right now with the Yankees. And I mean, I okay, tangent. I don't know how to feel about that because one, he's on the Yankees now. And I don't want the Yankees to one, win the trade and two, be good again. So there's that. So if he can help lead to the downfall of the evil empire, that's great. But at the same time, I really like Frankie Montas, and his family seems lovely, and uh, I don't wish ill will on him. So I I don't know. I'm going to say that he's a rebel spy, and he's going in to destroy the Death Star, and that's what's going on. And uh, good job, Frankie. Keep it up. Uh, but also, be happy? I don't know, because New York broke Sonny Gray's career there for a year and a half or so. However long he was there, it looked like they completely broke him, and uh, that was rude. Frankie Montas was doing fine. Don't mess with his pitch mix. He was he was great beforehand. I think they, you know what happened is, they, they heard me compare him to Garrett Cole too many times, and they're like, eh, we'll fix that. How about he stinks now, Jason? Because we had him stop throwing a splitter? I don't know. Um... Yeah, but anyways, let's get back to the actual episode here. Uh, Nick Allen, he's a human highlight reel. Cal Stevenson has some tools, but can he put them together on a consistent basis? He could be a legitimately, you know, solid Major League Baseball player. Cole Irvin is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Watch out, because the Yankees are going to go get him and then screw him up, because I've been comparing him to Garrett Cole, too. <laughs> but the bullpen is full of injury. There, there are storylines on this roster, regardless of whether or not they have the veteran names that people are accustomed to. There, there's plenty of reasons to tune in, but if you're not plugged into the team, like a guy that hosts a podcast, a quote-unquote daily podcast, um, then does it matter? Uh, I, I don't know that those storylines matter if you're not necessarily you know on Twitter, plugged into social media, or doing all the stuff that you know, I do, or, you know, the, the diehards do. And if a fan does tune in, uh, does it, and they see like one of these, these young guys and they do something impressive or get a big hit or uh, pitch six shutout innings, does that improve their chances of tuning in the next day more than it would to see Elvis Andrews or Steven Biscotti or Jed Lowry in the lineup when they tuned in? Does which one holds more sway in a fan's mind? I don't have quite. This is like a, a study that should actually be done, but uh, I I do not have answers to these questions. Uh, wins and losses don't matter this year, so getting a look at these types of guys makes sense from a competitive vantage standpoint. It's also probably a slightly more interesting product. I would I would wager because I like prospects. I like seeing new guys. I like you know switching things up because I'm an A's fan and that's what I'm accustomed to. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know the answer to this question for the majority of people. I know my answer, but I don't know the majority of people's answer. Uh, but does this stuff matter to the fan base after seeing all of their favorite players traded or released? Um, I, I guess we're going to find out based off of, you know, Twitter engagement or ratings. I don't know, but we'll find out because, uh, the Chronicle <laughs> write a piece about how the A should leave again. But uh, it, I should say real quick, uh, Elvis Andrews has, in fact, signed, according to Jeff Passan, uh, with the Chicago White Sox after he was released on Wednesday. So he has signed as of Thursday to replace uh, Tim Anderson, who had surgery on his hand, I believe, and he's going to be out for like six weeks. So 
it's a nice landing spot for him. And I had a listener named Cody. He uh, he DM'd me yesterday, or Wednesday night, and I was like, hey, I think the White Sox would be a great fit. And it kind of makes sense that they maybe they're doing him a solid by releasing him. And so he can go latch on with a team like the White Sox so they don't have to be burdened with uh, the, the whole... Uh, is he going to have 550 plate appearances, that whole vesting option or deal? That's a, now a White Sox problem, which he might actually get to it because the White Sox need a shortstop and he's probably going to be playing roughly every day. So that's good for Elvis Andrews. And uh, Cody was asking, you know, hey, that does, do you think that this was kind of worked out ahead of time where, hey, uh, I think that I might be able to latch on with another team. Could you guys just go ahead and release me? And uh, I don't know if one that can happen, because I don't think you can you know, talk to other teams ahead of time, but maybe he just saw the opportunity was there, and he's like, yeah, wh- whatever. Maybe his agent did it you know, behind the scenes and whatnot, but um, I don't know anything for factual, factual or anything. This is speculation, so that we don't get in trouble, because I have no idea. But uh, I thought that it was an interesting uh, point, that, hey, maybe. And because uh, Mark Kotze had some comments uh, after the A's did release Elvis Andrews, and it wasn't like, you know, he was great, we, we love him so much, he's going to be missed so much. It was like, hey, I hope that he lands with a team in a playoff race, and that was like the extent of the emotional stuff. So I was like, hey, it seems like that would add up based off of Mark Kotze's uh, comments there. And, you know, it, it does open up spot, or, you know, uh, roster playing time, not a roster spot, playing time for Nick Allen to play his natural shortstop, which is fun and exciting and good for us to watch, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we got there. So that's a somewhat positive note to end this segment on. But coming up, it could be negative, it could be positive. I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to work through it together because is Steven Vogt next? We're going to discuss. Did you know that the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets rich in unhealthy processed foods and constant exposure to thousands of man-made environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight, eight of them, liver-boosting super nutrients, I like the sound of that, like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. Be a machine, like... Albert Pujols in its prime. Uh, No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low energy all the time, and best of all, liver health formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. As a listener of our show, you can try the liver health formula risk-free today and... And that gift is a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. Go to getliverhealth.com MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhealth.com MLB to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of CurbFit with your order. Go to liverhelp.com slash MLB to get started now. 
Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Wherever you're listening to this, hit five stars. Leave us some nice words that I can read later uh, and do that. But also, uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And, uh, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's, there's content there. It's a good time. But... Uh, also, thank you guys so much for making the Lockdown Ace your first listen of the day. But let's talk about whether or not Stephen Vote is next, because it seems like, you know, if you're reading or, you know, looking at a graph, uh, three points equal a line. And those three points being uh, Jeb Lowry and Stephen Piscotti and Elvis Andrews. And I don't know how many times I've said three points make a line on this podcast. I, it's been like a dozen over the course of like 441 episodes, but uh, it seems like a lot to keep saying, and I apologize, but hey, I learned some things in math class, and I'm going to tell you guys about them on the daily. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those three guys all are veteran players who were making money. Stephen Vogt is a veteran guy who, and yeah, I guess Jed Lowry wasn't making a ton of money. Him and Stephen Vogt are making roughly the same. So there you go. That That's your your correlation to, hey, Stephen Vogt next. He's an older guy, and they also just called up Shea Langoliers. Is he next? That is a fair question that is being asked among the A's fan base, and I honestly don't know. Um, I would say that it could go either way, because the Elvis Andrews news did surprise me, mostly because I didn't think the A's wanted to get a grievance filed against them for, you know, just cutting a guy who was approaching his vesting option, but it looks like they may have figured that one out and uh, not, like, given him to the, uh, to the White Sox because they can't trade players because the trade deadline passed and there's no waiver trade deadline anymore, but it seems like that one worked itself out. So no grievance against the A's for Elvis Andrews, but Stephen Vogt is now the third catcher in the A's offense. And I mean, sure, you can run with three if you want to. And I, I guess you kind of want to later in the season to keep guys' knees healthy and stuff and avoid injuries for next year. And that is kind of the argument for keeping Stephen Vogt around. He's not making a ton of money, and you're going to have to pay him regardless. And I think that he has a lot of valuable, valuable veteran experience behind the dish. Um, he's been with the Oakland A's. He can teach, uh, I mean, Sean Murphy to a degree, but he's been with him all season. But Shea Langoliers, who is the presumed catcher of the future for the Oakland A's, maybe he's the starting catcher as of next year. Maybe they, they go with Murphy and Shea Langoliers you know, next year and then see what happens and maybe move, move Murphy at some other point. But... Um, it just feels like Shale Galeers is kind of the guy that you want to train up a little bit more now because he's had two days of experience in the big leagues and get him more accustomed to the A's way and some of the nuances and just have him be uh, a, a fountainhead of knowledge for Shale Galeers to just bother all the time. You know, like Ramon Laureano used to go into Bob Melvin's office? Uh, same thing, but Shale Galeers going into Stephen Vogt's locker, I guess, in asking him questions. Um, I, I think that that would be more valuable than cutting him for the roster spot because, I mean, they, they can cut somebody else if they need to get somebody else some playing time in the majors. Like if uh, Brett Honeywell is better and his rehab start, his next rehab start in Stockton goes well, and then he goes up to AAA and dominates there, and then he's like, hey, I, I'm stretched out and I'm ready to come to Oakland. You, you can, like, DFA Domingo Tapia or something. You don't need to use Steven Vogt for that. And there's not really a position player that's like super knocking on the door right now. And I think that 
having Steven vote around for the next six weeks is probably uh, better for the A's long-term competitive health than not. So I think that keeping him is probably the better move and the correct move. But at the same time, uh, with it, how things have been going over the course of the last like seven days, um, it would not. It, it would surprise me, but it wouldn't like shock me if they did in in fact really Stephen vote as well. So uh, if if you're a big Stephen vote fan, a voter, a vote head, I don't know what what the fans of Stephen vote are called, but uh, g- go see him soon. They they are coming back to town and they're playing the Seattle Mariners. So. Uh, go to that. And also, uh, enjoy the music of Queen and fireworks. That'll be fun. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know if Stephen Vogt is next. It would make sense to keep him because he can be that guy, that veteran guy, to lead one of your top prospects. Who's going to be there for the next, I don't know, four years until they trade him? Or six years? And, hey, maybe there's a ballpark by the time uh, this all happens and they, they can sign him. Maybe. I don't know. Baseball is weird. The A's are weird. Um, so I say keep Steven vote. I think that he actually has a chance of making it through the end of the season, but, uh, that's just me. It's not my money. I just, I just watch the baseball games, but that's all that I got for you guys today. And thank you again for making the locked on A's your first listen every day. Uh, now go make your second listen, the locked on MLB podcast, because baseball expert, Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on MLB. They're on the Odyssey app. They're on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Same as us over here. So if you like where you're listening to us here, go follow Sully over there with Locked On MLB. And make sure to subscribe to the our YouTube channels, Locked On MLB and Locked On A's. And you can follow our show at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. But that's all that I got for you guys today. I know it's been a weird week. I apologize. Uh, we we had to take the kiddo to the ER. Uh, I know that I tweeted it out. But we, he was having a, a big rash and he was clawing at it and cutting his neck and it was weird because his nails we filed those i swear to god but uh yeah he was he was in some distress so we were like oh allergic reaction i don't know so we, we took him to the er he was fine they gave him some benadryl he got knocked out that was great we slept wonderfully that night and then uh then he had a weird sleepy day the next day and i was like all right i'm ready to record and then he was up for two hours and then it was 1 a.m and uh so i just didn't get to so here i am on thursday recording and yay baseball podcast so <laughs> I'm going to record as much as I can. The, the kiddo is fun, and he is the main priority. And uh, obviously, watching Ace Baseball with you fine people is roughly number two on my list. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, like, kid and family are like one. I thought that that was implied just in case it wasn't. There we go. And then, number two, baseball on you guys. So there we go. But uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time. Go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans, and I will talk with you soon.